This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we search for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my pastor, Oren. And Clint is out today, but uh, he had some pretty insightful texts to bring out in light of the psalm that we'll be reading today. Uh, So we'll definitely give him a shout out. We're going to be in Psalm 124. Mm -hmm. That's the text that Oren's going to be preaching on this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we're recording on a Wednesday, and these are always released on Monday, the Sunday after he preaches them. Um, so I'll go ahead and read the psalm. Again, this is CSB for no other reason than that's what is in the Blue Letter Bible app. I don't have a preference, really. But here we go. <laughs> psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, then they would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger against us. Then the water would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging water would have swept over us. Blessed be the Lord, who has not let us be ripped apart by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the hunter's net. The net is torn, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. All right. right, You got some background and maybe a little overview for us? Yeah, maybe so. Um, So... Psalm 124, like 122, um, obviously is a song of ascents, but it's also attributed to David. Whereas 123 and 121, we've already looked at, don't have that attribution. And so um, we were talking earlier about how 124 really flows right out of 123. As they plead for mercy in 123, it seems that they have received it in 124. But we don't have any indication as to when these were written, so we can't say they were written together at the same time. Um, It appears that 124 came at a time when David was either right before he became king or while he was king, Israel faced some kind of enemy that they were um, delivered from, that God was was, uh, kind to them by, by protecting them, by guarding them, by giving them victory over that enemy. And so they're looking back going, if it had not been for God, if it had not been for the Lord, we would have been consumed by this enemy. We would have been overwhelmed. We would have been trapped in the net, as he says here. But because of God, because of God's mercy, because of God's kind hand of grace that has delivered us, we are now standing on on firm ground, on better ground, because God has been has shown mercy to us. And so we can say this just like the, the, the psalmists could, like the people would have sung in that day, if it had not been for the Lord. And you can fill in the blank with whatever it is that you've been through. You've seen God's hand of mercy to you through, through that time. And so, again, like the Psalms, songs of ascents, we may not be able to relate exactly to what Israel was going through in that time. The truth still, still rings true for us in Christ had it not been for Jesus. And then we can fill in that, that blank with wonderful biblical truths. Yeah, that, that's what I love about the Psalms is a lot of times they are very metaphorical. Yeah. Um, like it's not literal that their enemy was going to swallow them alive. Right. It wasn't literal that waters were going to engulf them or it's, torrents were going to sweep over them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about that is, um, yes, we want to do our part in trying to recognize the historical context of what Israel would have went through. So we don't just run rampant with right. a text and, right, right. um, apply it in all kinds of inappropriate ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, there is a sense in which whatever I'm going through can be swallowed up in this large language of the Psalms and that whatever I'm going through can seem really big Mm -hmm. 
and then I go to the text like like this one, and I and those what seemed big before is just swallowed up now yeah. in those words. It gives language to what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. the distress in my heart. So as I look at this text from like a bird's eye view, uh, not getting too granular, mm-hmm. I can't help but see what the reformers would have called the great exchange. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where Jesus takes my place. Mm-hmm. That it it's not as if God just snapped his fingers and these things, I was delivered from these things, mm-hmm. delivered from my sin, but no, a sacrifice was made and it was made by Jesus. And there's a couple texts that come to mind in the New Testament, um, one of which is kind of the quintessential great exchange text, which is 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. And then another one that comes to mind is First Peter chapter two twenty four. Uh, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. And I love this line: "By his wounds you have been healed." Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this text uh, that I can read and personalize to some extent, um, I am being del- I have been delivered by Jesus, and it's because. Um, he accepted God's wrath on my behalf and he gives me his righteousness. Exactly. And then when I look more granular, the verses like uh, three through five Mm -hmm. that I was kind of poking fun of that obviously it's not literal meant to be taken literal, (laughs) but that um, what's funny is I I joke about it not becoming literal and then I'm going to apply it in a very literal sense. Uh, (laughs) Then they would have swallowed us alive, that language. And then the water would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. Mm -hmm. That language of being swallowed up reminds me of Jonah mm-hmm. when he was swallowed up by a fish. Mm-hmm. Um, that language of, of a torrent would have swept over us. The raging water would have swept over us. Reminds me of when uh, God parted the Red Sea and allowed his people to go through it. And then the Egyptians were the raging waters swept over them. And in both of those instances, it's God's judgment that's doing that. Mm-hmm. And so... Now, as I'm thinking at it more granular, granular, and I'm seeing that bird's eye approach coming together now, that yeah. Jesus took that wrath for me. Yeah. Jesus was swallowed up in a fish for me. Jesus was swallowed up in the Red Sea on my behalf, because that's what I would have deserved if not for the Lord, if not for Christ himself. Absolutely. Yeah. So those, those two um, images you draw out of the Old Testament, actual events are fulfilled in Christ. So the Exodus, the people are delivered from the raging waters, and Egypt, who followed after them, were crushed by the waters. They were drowned by God's judgment, right? Mm. They were delivered from, um, or Israel was delivered from those waters. Well, in the same way, Christ's death at the cross delivers us from God's judgment, right? And then you, and then you take Jonah that's a picture of resurrection, mm. right? Where three days in the fish and then vomited out onto the land. <laughs> Jesus says, the only sign I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah, which, you know, on the third day, Christ rose from the dead. Mm. And so there's a picture of deliverance from death, you know, that you don't only, as, as, as followers of Christ, we're not only delivered from the penalty of our sins, but we're given life mm. in Christ. We're given resurrection. And so just like in this psalm, if it had not been for Christ, we would have been under God's judgment. We would have been under the penalty for our sins. 
And that's not a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. We get swallowed up by the waters of judgment, so to speak. And then the sign of Jonah, like, like you mentioned, we are delivered into life. We're given resurrection by the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. And so both of those images are very much alive, I believe, like you said, in this text. And my mind went to a couple of other places where you have these uh, but God statements in the New Testament, especially like the most famous one being Ephesians 2, but God being rich in mercy. Mm gave us new life in, in Christ, right? And so by grace you have been saved. And so if not for the Lord, if not for Christ, or you could say but God intervenes in this situation in life, mm-hmm. right, and saves you, and ultimately that is at the cross, right? That's the big but God moment. That's if not for Christ, where would I, what would I have? Where would I be? Mm-hmm. And then also think of, of Paul writing to, to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 1 where he talks about God's mercy, mm-hmm. and he says... In First Timothy 1, um, 12 through 17, but especially in verse 13, 14, 15, um, that he had been a, fe- a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of the Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Mm. And so Paul, understanding his foremost uh, position of judgment under God's un, un, under God's authority, God's judgment against sin, was delivered. And God, God gave him mercy through Christ Jesus, and now he is delivered. And I, I just hear those words echoed in Psalm 124. Yeah. But for the Lord, mm-hmm. if, if not for God, where would I be? We would have been swallowed up. Yep. And he says, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth of our opponents. Mm-hmm. We have escaped like a bird from the snail of the fowlers. And then he, he echoes uh, Psalm 121 and 123. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Mm. Going back to the authority of God, going back to the God who made us, who gives us life. And so it's beautiful images, beautiful parallels in the Old and New Testament here, ultimately all cu- culminating in, in Christ. Yeah. And this is this is the very thing. Like what we're doing on this podcast, what we're doing in each of these psalms, um, and we'll do in future texts. Um, like this is the thing that keeps me in Christianity. Absolutely. Um, like I, I have not gotten beyond this. Um, I think I've tried before. Yes, <laughs> you know, sure. I've, yeah. I've tried to tag on certain things, but man, when I'm when I'm down and out. This is the thing that keeps me. You have to deal with Jesus, right? Yeah. And and so if you take Christ out of Christianity, what do you have? Mm-hmm. You have another religion that demands and gives nothing. It yep. demands everything and gives nothing. Right. But in Christ, it gives you everything. And yes, there are expectations. There are demands that God makes, but they pale in comparison to what you've received in Christ. Yeah. And it, well, and Christ has done them for us. Done them, exactly. Yeah. So it's not just that the demands are placed upon you and Jesus is going to help you get there. Right. It's that he's already fulfilled everything. It is finished. So now you are free to live by his yep. word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in that same language of then the water would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept over us, that called to mind a couple texts uh, for Clint. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read one of them, Matthew eight twenty three through 27. Yeah. As he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being sw- swamped by the waves. But Jesus kept sleeping. 
So the disciples came and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to die. He said to them, Why are you afraid? You have little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. And, um, you know, not taking any anything away from the literal account from that. We both believe that happened literally. Um, but also just like knowing that Jesus calms my storms, that he calms the raging sea inside of me, um, that he has dominion over that, Amen. and that he doesn't... Um, like he doesn't heap things onto me. Uh, he, he meets me where I'm at. He calms the sea. He says, you have little faith. Just, yeah, just yeah. trust me, yeah, you know, just yeah. believe in me. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So I, I'm, that's something I, honestly, the biggest takeaway for me this week is Clint's takeaway. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Those sure, texts yeah. of yeah. Jesus calming the raging sea. And we, we talked about this earlier. I love talking about this ahead of time so I can incorporate some of your thoughts <laughs> yeah. into my study and kind of figure out kind of how I want to piece the sermon together. And and like I said, you know, the hardest part about preaching a sermon is what you have to leave out. Mm. And I always feel like I'm leaving something out. So this helps me to, to think through it and galvanize my thoughts a little bit more so we can come together with something that will help everyone in the sanctuary if they're listening. They can, they can yeah. be blessed by Psalm 124 this week. Yeah. Well, I didn't need anything making my ego any bigger, but thank you. <laughs> oh, no problem. No, sure, sure. Well, do you have any other final thoughts? No, no. I just I, if, if you're reading the Psalms, if you're reading the, the Bible, look for Jesus. You know, he's he's all over the text in every Psalm that we study, in every text that we study, uh, Christ is there. You just have to look for him. And fortunately, we have the New Testament where we can we, we can draw all these parallels and see Jesus in every word of the Bible. Amen. And until next time, God, would you help us to keep our eyes on Jesus? Thank you.